Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. Uh, we are not tanned, rested, and ready like the old Richard Nixon button after the long weekend. It was too rainy and it gets dark at 5 p.m. Uh, but we did get a breather, a little bit. The Christmas tree is up and ornamented. But we want to stay on top of things on the long weekends at Newsbusters. I was just strange enough to be peeking at MSNBC in the 7 a.m. hour on Sunday. It's something called the Katie Fang Show. Have you heard of Katie Fang? It's not Eric Swalwell's spy friend Fang Fang. No, it's more like the Korean lawyer equivalent of Tiffany Cross. She was raging about Elon Musk suggesting an amnesty for banned Twitter users. They took a, t- a poll on Twitter. They found 72% were in, f- in favor of free speech on Twitter. And, it, and so Fang had to suggest the poll had to be plagued by bots since it didn't go the MSNBC way. Musk's free speech campaign has been one of his main priorities since he first floated the idea of taking over the company back in the spring. But now it appears as though he's trying to justify it. Just last night, sharing this slide on Twitter, showing that hate speech has allegedly gone down on the app since his takeover. NBC News has not independently verified that information. But the Center for Countering Digital Hate is reporting that there has been an increase in racist anti-Semitic and other toxic speech on the platform, including the fact that Twitter failed to act on 99% of racist tweets directed at soccer players leading up to the World Cup. She had on Jonathan Greenblatt, CEO of the Anti-Defamation League. Uh, And uh, this was one of those interviews where it was about How do we get the reins on Twitter? She literally said, get the reins. It's funny how social media giants are treated like private companies. You know, you can't regulate them. They're private companies. Or at least that used to be their approach. And now the liberals are on social, or they're on news media channels saying we need to control the social media. We need to get the reins on them. And, of course, they came to the right place because ADL CEO Jonathan Greenblatt, who used to work in the Obama administration, said of Musk, for someone who said he didn't want his this site to descend into a hellscape, it appears that he's ready to open the gates of hell. But what we've said again and again and again, and I've had the privilege of speaking directly to Elon a few times, The reason why we are so concerned is because we think Twitter is such a consequential service. And again, allowing people who created the toxicity on the platform that led to real world violence. Keep in mind that the conspiracy theories that dominated on Twitter for so long exploded in places like Pittsburgh, Poway, El Paso, and of course, ultimately in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th. So what I would say very clearly is that to you, as I've told Elon Musk, as I've told to others, we need these companies to engage constructively, smartly, use their innovation to tackle hate speech. Greenblatt was all about lobbying these social media giants into shutting down people they don't like. 
Greenblatt was welcomed on CNN last week, and he declared that Twitter, Facebook, and Truth Social were literally the front lines of anti-Semitism. I don't know how you have a social media website without someone finding someone saying something that sounds anti-Semitic or racist or homophobic or any of the other sins of the left. But this is what these so-called anti-hate groups like ADL and GLAAD are attempting to do. You notice they both have the word defamation in them. The Anti-Defamation League, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. They use this branding as the hate fighters to shut down dissenting points of view. And groups like these are never, ever on the defensive. They can get out over their skis and blame this Club Q shooting in Colorado on conservatives. And then when the actual facts come out, no one suggests they were wrong. Katie Fang also asked Greenblatt to denounce Donald Trump for dining with anti-Semitic white nationalist goon Nick Fuentes. And he did the usual riff. Trump showing the world he wants to run the most demonstrably white nationalist presidential campaign in history. Now, this dinner is a little bizarre since Nick Fuentes, not too long ago, was heckling Donald Trump Jr. as some sort of cuck. I mean, I don't even understand what Trump's doing. I don't think he deserves any defending on this one. It's truly mysterious. We can say that Greenblatt the Obama bro isn't going to go on Katie Fang or any other MSNBC show and get asked about Obama being pictured side by side with Louis Farrakhan. Oh, that was just a, you know, that was a that was a 60 second photo op. That wasn't dinner. But at this point Trump should be compared not to Democrats and they have a lot of anti-Semites like Ilhan Omar but to other Republican contenders for president when they should actually emerge. You know, certainly you can think of Ron DeSantis, who's been very aggressively courting the Jewish vote in Florida, successfully in Florida and and across the country. Um, And that, you know, at this point, Trump's opponents are going to enjoy CNN and MSNBC obsessing over dinner with Nick Fuentes. Did you see this, though? I mean, then, we, then we, we go to CNN this morning, Mark Finkelstein, reporting that Don Lemon had an interview with an old uh, Trump hand, a Trump staffer named Len Kodorkovsky, who is Jewish. And, and uh, it got testy because Lemon wanted a specific thing. Now, Kodorkovsky said early in the interview... He should not be dining with Nick Fuentes. But he also said, I don't think Trump is an anti-Semite. He basically suggested Trump was bungling, but Trump isn't an anti-Semite. Don Lemon was not taking this. But what he really didn't like was when Kodorkovsky started talking about Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and a little of Obama. Don Lemon was like, there's no whataboutin'. You don't get to come on here and talk about this. And Kodorkovsky was basically like, oh, so I come in here, you tell me what to say. That's what the way this works? 
And Lemon's like, you were supposed to denounce Trump and you weren't supposed to bring up the Democrats. <laughs> yes, we all know that's the way it works at CNN. CNN, we're so carefully organized that we know what you're going to say before you sit down. And then we get really angry when you don't say what we expect you to say. Well, when you invite somebody on who worked for Trump, you might just get somebody who doesn't hate Trump as much as Liz Cheney does. But that's, you know, this is, uh, I don't know what Chris Licht is thinking when he says, well, we're going to make CNN more of a news brand by somehow moving Don Lemon and his ignoramus routine into the morning. Now there's the uh, something I dug up on the uh, on the old internet. I'm still interested enough in how Brian Stelter is doing in his post CNN days that I put his name into YouTube to see what was going on. Posted on November seven was a panel that uh, convened on October twenty eight from something called the New York State Writers Institute. Uh, it was one of these truth-telling conferences. And you know when they get together, when liberals get together and talk about truth-telling, there's going to be a lot of Fox denouncing, right? There's going to be a lot of Elon Musk denouncing because to them, truth is whatever aids the liberal agenda. Uh, Stelter, in this case was bemoaning Elon Musk just taking over Twitter at the time that they had this panel. And he was suggesting this was going to be divisive. Oh, as if CNN's never divisive. But this is what they do. So uh, it's the whole idea that Twitter might just become a cesspool, but that might not be all bad. Take a listen. But, but, but if, if Twitter becomes a, a, a cesspool and it is a free-for-all, right, advertisers will move, users will move, right? They'll go, the party will go somewhere else, right? And I, I worry that then we become, we become even more of a country and a society where there's, there's a right-wing internet and a left-wing internet. And Twitter will be, Elon Musk is clearly you know, trying to appeal in some form to the right-wing internet. Uh, and we end up with even fewer spaces where the two meet and cross over. Now, it's kind of cute for Brian Stelter to suggest that we need a space where conservatives and liberals meet. Um, well, it ain't CNN. I think we know that. You know, I tried doing the Reliable Sources show once and was up with uh, Stelter and John Avlon because you can never have one liberal alone with a conservative. That's like too much. It's got to be at least two on one. <laughs> That's OK. I can take them. Come on. One guy and then the other guy and they're both sitting in New York being pompous. That's all right. I can take it. But, uh, you know, usually on Brian's show when he had a show. If they had a conservative on, it was a conservative who hated Trump or it was a conservative who, yeah, or, you know, a conservative was no longer a conservative. But it was uh, also, you know, just on the issue of the week, they were on the liberal pleasing side of something. Or we'll put on a libertarian who ends up on the liberal pleasing side of something. That was kind of the way he worked. There was not a lot of meet and cross over minutes on Stelter's reliable sources. There he was. He struck the pose. He doesn't want a right-wing internet and a left-wing internet. Well, Nandini Jammy was there. She was also on the panel. Have you heard of this woman? 
Yes, her Twitter handle is Nandoodles. Uh, she works for a little group called Check My Ads. Well, before that, she worked for a group or co-founded a group called Sleeping Giants. And basically what Jammy is about is jamming the right wing. Nandini Jammy wants Fox beheaded. I think that was one of the words she used on Twitter in some exchange I had with her. Uh, they want to defund Fox. They're very clear about that. They want Fox basically removed from the cable. Uh, they're not shy about it. You know, they want Breitbart removed from the internet. So, of course, when Brian Stelter worries that we're going to have a left-wing internet and a right-wing internet, she hated this framing. It was so unhelpful. She defines advertisers putting their money anywhere on the right, the entire right wing, as equivalent to funding hate, bigotry, and violence. I mean, check this out. I don't like to think um, about the internet in terms of right wing and left wing. I think that's 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 not like a helpful framing in my opinion because we have uh, again like we use very specific language. Even at Check My Ads, we say uh, you know advertisers should not be you know should not be in, like it's our value position that they shouldn't be advertising on on um, obviously not violence and and so on but hate harassment bigotry um, we even try to helpfully frame it as like uh, what is the real world outcome of the content that you are supporting and mm -hmm. advertisers and, and when we consulted with advertisers this was a much more helpful framing for them this whole helpful framing talk, I mean, it seems like she's sort of infantilizing the advertisers. We need to very helpfully frame it for people who aren't very bright. But she hates a right versus left fair and balanced framing. She wants a defund the conservatives framing to optimize the socialist revolution. Um, in this panel discussion, she proclaimed her hate for an, a chart by Ad Fontes Media that places media outlets from left to right and then also tries to grade for reliability. Now, we would say this chart is wacky. Most of the charts we see where they try to put the media on a left to right spectrum, you kind of giggle because they're like, well, NPR is center left. No. <laughs> Are you actually listening? What they really mean is, NPR is very left, but they sound so civil. We'll put them in the center. Well, that's stupid. Anyway, uh, you know, this chart, the one I looked up, is putting like Dan Bongino and InfoWars on pretty much the same plane of reliability. You know, that is not accurate. Anyway, Nandoodles hates this freaking chart. And not because it's wacky. It's because she doesn't like the idea that advertisers would be so misled to try and be fair and balanced. She wants advertisers to be shamed out of ever giving a nickel to anything that isn't on her own woke socialist wavelength. I mean, listen. What is the point of this freaking chart? Like, what is what are you supposed to take away from it? They do sell it to advertisers, and advertisers are looking at it, and they're like, okay, so um, how are we going to do, like, the like how are we going to stay balanced and objective and do right. both sides and respect both sides? 
um, when, when just the, the, the truth of the matter is like a lot of this content on unfortunately the right side is just toxic in the in the in the definite in terms of the, the exact definition of, of like hate and, and harmful uh, content in, in terms of real world violence hmm. so we, we have to move away from right versus left that doesn't I don't even think that exists anymore I don't I don't know what that means and and move towards a, a set of values that we can define and agree on because what we're dealing with is real world outcomes the, what you've shared with us so far your stories are about real world outcomes and and we need to optimize for the kind of world that we want to or country that we want to live in and that that is something that every advertiser needs to be doing and that's what all of us need to be working towards defining as 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 journalists this is where it gets spooky we need to optimize for the kind of country we want to live in and that means we need fox defunded we need breitbart to be destroyed to her, in her little paradise, she gets to categorize all of the hate and harmful content as right-wing content. Isn't that convenient spin? Yes, her dream is an internet that's sort of a nice little People's Republic of Nandoodlestan. The way I put this up on Newsbusters was, this is how you define the far left. It's when... Somebody makes Brian Stelter sound reasonable. Sound like somebody who thinks a democracy has two sides. So he's listening to all this talk about right versus left doesn't exist anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I might buy you're actually that dumb. This woman, you try to transcribe her comments and there's a like in almost every sentence. So we have to like move away from that because I don't know like what you're talking about like. Okay, so she's talking about how she needs to optimize the conservatives out of existence. And Stelter, he's audibly drumming his finger on the table at this point. And then <laughs> he actually says, uh, point for Brian, but you're viewed by the far right as a pressure campaign to censor and stop and shut them down, right? Which is basically what you are. Bingo! Point for Brian Stelter. He has nailed it. This is exactly what she's for. And then she just bizarrely makes a face like, oh, I can't believe you called me out. This is a liberal panel in front of a liberal audience. We don't need to be honest. So then he kind of sort of tries to walk it back a little bit. In other words, you're part of the elite cabal. You're part of the threat. What's hurting real America? And then he said, this is what we're up against. There's a minority that feels loss of power and status and that feel like only outlets like Fox speak to their truth. Well, the first thing I thought when I was typing up these words, Stelter complaining about people who feel loss of power and status is, how's it feel, Brian? Losing power and status. Does it make you want to lash out? I know it certainly doesn't make you want to watch Fox. <laughs> but you know, th this is where they are. They just really think liberal is truth. CNN is truth. 
You know, I mean, I, I just, I don't like that. We, we, I mean, I guess because we're in the liberal bias bashing business, we just have a, a less elastic version of what truth is. You know, th- there are obvious truths that they, that CNN can't handle, which is Hunter Biden made millions of dollars off his father's name and blew it on crack and hookers. This is a fact. It's a fact they don't want to talk about. You know, th- so a lot of times you're having a debate about, well, we don't like your truth. We don't like your facts. But there, this is part of what news should be. And that is, what facts can we establish? For example, after Colorado, what was the motive of the shooter? That's what news is supposed to determine. Let's try to figure out what the facts are. And that's just not what they can do. I mean, Stelter then tried to pander to Nan Doodles with this bizarre framing, or she would call it helpful framing, that the problem here is that Fox News is not actually a news gatherer, that what you should be doing is getting the advertisers to fund the actual news outlets and not the talk outlets. Fox just makes money by commenting on the news, and somehow CNN doesn't. Fox's 24-7 opinion, CNN's 24-7 reporting. Now, does anybody believe any of that? Not if you actually own a television or watch TV on your computer. You know that's not true. You know Fox has reporters, and you know CNN has a lot of opinionators. But this is the way, this is where they are. They're the ones that get the stupid ads with the apples and say we're facts first. No, you were never facts first. You were always opinions first. And it's easy to pose against Trump because Trump doesn't care what the truth is. So it's easy to go, well, we're for truth and he's not. But their whole problem has always been this idea that somehow CNN's for truth and conservatives or critics of CNN uh, must be against truth. If you're against CNN, you're against facts. Well, after Stelter tries to pander to Jammy, she then boasted that she and her cohort cost Breitbart millions of ad dollars in 2017 at the height of their influence, you know, in the, in the first year of the Trump presidency. And then people in this audience clapped because that's who they are. Shut down Breitbart. Shut down Breitbart. Oh, and we're the people who are for democracy. Now, I don't know if any of this is true, that they have bankrupted Breitbart, but I know it defines who they are. We know who you are, Nan Doodles. You're a censor. You're a tyrant. You're someone who doesn't want conservatives to be allowed to speak. None of us should be able to make a living saying conservative things. But you're for democracy and we're not? I don't think so. So if you want to keep up with how this goes, the ongoing free speech battle on Twitter, on Facebook, and on the news channels or the opinion channels, you come to Newsbusters. Come once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for checking in.